Isaiah 42. Last night at our Christmas Eve service, which was just wonderful, uh, we looked at Isaiah 42, one through nine. And these uh, couple verses here are basically the response to all we looked at last night of Jesus being God's perfect servant. And, and what, does that, what does that mean? What kind of response should that bring? So Isaiah chapter 42, verses 10 through 12. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. Let the desert and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. This is a response to verse nine of chapter 42. Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now this was, Isaiah was written 750 years or so before the coming of Christ. The new things that Isaiah was talking about was, was the coming of Christ which we have witnessed, which we celebrate. And so what's the response? It's to sing a new song. Years ago, it was a, it is still, but a powerful short video was released on the power of music. And it was a video released of this elderly, advanced Alzheimer's patient named Alex. He had been in this nursing home for upwards of 10 years. And the nurses would describe him as basically unresponsive. And you see him in this video in his wheelchair and his shoulders are slumped over and his head is down. Uh, he looks depressed, he's unresponsive. When they talk to him, he'll kind of mumble some things back to them. And then they, they learned about the power of music, so they came up with an idea. They put some headphones on Alex and they began to play his favorite childhood songs through an iPod. And it was amazing. This man began kicking his feet and he began, he began moving his arms rapidly and his head picked up and his eyes went wide open and he began singing pretty articulately. And they let this go on for a while, and then they took the headphones off, and they began asking him questions, and he was no longer slumped like this. His shoulders were up, his head was up, his eyes were open, and they asked him questions about his childhood. And he began answering articulately. They asked him what was his favorite song in childhood, and he began to sing it. A cappella, Cab Calloway song. And he's jamming to this song and singing, and it's an amazing video. And you ask the question, why? Why did music and song produce that kind of response in this man who was basically dying of Alzheimer's? It's because God has made us that way. He's made us to sing. In fact, there was a study done in, in 2013. It involved uh, brain imaging, and it revealed how music brings all the areas of the brain to life, how it activates all the areas of the brain, the auditory, the motor, and the limbic, or the emotional regions of the brain, that it all comes together 
when we sing and when we hear music. And then you say, why? Because God's made us that way. He's designed us that way. When you read the scriptures, from start to finish, it, there is singing. Whether it's God singing over us, whether it's God's people singing to him, whether it's the command for us to sing to one another, whether it's the angels singing at the birth of Christ to the shepherds, or whether it's in Revelation when you see all the angelic creatures singing around God's throne. Right? Singing brings life. It brings body and soul together. In fact, they've done studies that when people sing, it releases endorphins. That's the hormone tied to the feeling of pleasure. It releases oxytocin, which is, is the hormone that's tied to alleviating stress and anxiety. You say, why is that? Because God's made us that way. He's designed our bodies that way, to sing. And on a Christmas morning like this, we've sung already, the kids sang. Interesting, why do we, why do we teach kids through song? because they remember, right? I said, hark the herald angels sing. And, and before I even started reading the lyrics, now that was their children's song this year. So they had it really well memorized, but they start singing these powerful truths about the gospel, right? God and sinners reconciled. There's the message of Christmas, right? And so we're called to sing. The question on this Christmas morning is what kind of song does God put in our hearts to sing? And these few verses in Isaiah 42 tell us two songs he gives us. One is a song of unity. That's a song of unity. The command in verse 10, sing to the Lord a new song. That's the command. But look at who this command is given to. Look at the wide range of people it's given to. Into verse 10, first half of verse 11. To the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea, the coastlands and their inhabitants, the desert and its cities, the villages that Kedar inhabits, the habitants of Selah. This is all encompassing. In fact, several of those people that it's addressed to, are that's the Gentile world. It's not just Israel. It's the Gentile world. It's the entire world. It's to sing a new song. Diverse peoples singing this new song. Because the song of Jesus unites diverse people. The song of Jesus unites diverse people. No, it doesn't make diverse people uniform. Diverse people retain their distinctiveness, but they unite around Jesus. Song of Jesus unites. This is how eternity is described. We better get used to it now because this is what it says about eternity in Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. The song of Jesus locks the rich and the poor arm in arm in worship. The song of Jesus locks the educated and the uneducated arm in arm in worship of Jesus. The song of Jesus unites Democrats and Republicans and independents and libertarians arm in arm 
in worship of Jesus. The song of Jesus unites people of different races arm in arm in worship of him. And what we learn coming into this chapter out of Isaiah 41 is that idolatry divides. I say idolatry, what is that? An idol is anything or any person to which you look for satisfaction that only God can bring. When something else is placed in the center where, where Jesus belongs, that's idolatry. It's a God substitute. Idolatry, one thing it will always do, always, it will divide. It'll divide people, it'll divide families, it'll divide marriages, it'll divide relationships. And I'll just give you the example of the low-hanging fruit. What happens when politics is put in the center? Division, right? Divides families, churches, communities, right? When something else is put in the center, and you could add a lot of examples of what goes in the center that divides. But here's what, here's the diagnostic. When you see division, when you see relationships divided, families divided, churches divided, communities divided, you can be sure that idolatry is at the center of that division. When you see division, it's evidence of idolatry because the worship of false gods divides. The worship of the one true God unites around Jesus. So the song that is given to you this Christmas morning to sing is a song of unity, but second, it's a song of joy. It's a song of intense joy. Verse 10, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Verse 11, let the habitants of Selah sing for joy. Now, what is this song? It's described in Revelation, and you'll see why it's a song of joy. Revelation chapter five, verse nine. And they sang a new song. That theme of new song is throughout the scriptures. It was in the call to worship. It's in Isaiah. It's in Revelation. And they sang a new song, and here's what they were singing. Worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then in speaking of this new song, Revelation 14.3 says, no one could learn the new song except those who had been redeemed. So this isn't a song that we create. It's not a song we manufacture. It's a song that God puts in your heart when you trust Jesus and you're made a new creation. And that new song he puts in our hearts is what we do every Sunday in worship. It takes on various melodies and various lyrics, but that's the new song. And that's why worship, musical worship, is so important because it lifts the spirits. It connects body and soul. It ushers us into the heavenlies. It prepares us for the day when Jesus returns, when we will be body and soul in the new heavens and the new earth for eternity, singing to Jesus and singing to one another. So what do you do with this song that's been given to you, this song of unity, this song of joy? Why do you need it? I'll close with this. William McRaven was a four-star admiral in the Navy. 
and he was the U.S. Special Operations Command leader or commander. He describes his experience of becoming a Navy SEAL, especially the last week of training. And here's what he describes of that last week of training. Six days of no sleep. Constant physical and mental harassment. And then one special day at the mudflats. The mudflats were this swampy area where he and his trainees spent 15 hours in the bone-chilling mud. They drove down to it. They were ordered to get into the mud, and all the trainees got in the mud, and very quickly, they were covered up all the way to their necks in this bone-chilling mud. And his commanders, they said, if only five people will quit, we'll let you all out. If five people quit, you can all get out of the mud. And William McRaven says he looked around, and he was sure there were at least five that were going to quit really quickly because this was, this was bone-chilling mud that they were in. And he says about until there were eight hours left, he looked around, he said, this, this is going to end. And yet there were still eight hours till the sun would come up. He said he remembers it vividly, the chattering of teeth and the moans that were coming from the men around him were, were so loud. And then he said, he heard one voice start to sing a song. And he said it was sung out of tune, but with great enthusiasm. And one voice became two, and two voices became three, until all of these trainees in the mud up to their necks, frozen, began singing at the top of their lungs. And he said the commanders were threatening them if they, if they continued to sing, he was gonna increase the time. But the singing persisted. And in William McRaven's words, he says somehow the mud seemed a little warmer the wind a little tamer, and the dawn not so far away. If you're up to your neck in mud, God gives you the gift of his son Jesus through song. And he gives you that new song of God and sinners reconciled through the blood and the work of Jesus Christ. He gives you that new song and he says, sing. Sing loudly. And when you sing that new song, the mud will get a little warmer, the wind a little tamer, and the dawn just a little bit closer. Let's pray. Father, you've given us the gift of your son, Jesus. And you've given us the gift of song that in a way you know because you created our bodies, unites soul and body, lifts the spirit, brings joy. It's the reason why song, Father, can bring so much emotion to us. It's the reason why we can tear up in a song or tear up as we worship because you've given it as a gift to activate all these areas of our brain to come together in the worship of you as a foretaste of the day that is coming 
Jesus, when you return. And until then, would you fill us with song? And would we sing? Would we sing of your greatness, your goodness, sing of the glory of your son, Jesus? Sing of the great rescue that he performed when he came to earth and lived and died and rose. And may we as a family on this Christmas morning close now in singing and singing loudly this song of unity and this song of joy. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.